early on Monday morning of this past week, I found myself uh, sitting in the meeting room at the offices of Habitat for Humanity. I've served on the board for Metropolitan Richmond's Habitat for Humanity for about the last five years, but this was an unusual and a challenging meeting. The staff of Habitat had called me over the previous weekend to let me know that one of the 15 staff members in that office had found themselves in a tremendous crisis. Her husband had committed suicide in her home. The Habitat leadership team had asked me to come over to meet with the full staff to listen and be present, to seek to share and be supportive, and to assist them as they started off the new week uh, following this crisis for one of their colleagues. So we gathered around this large table in the conference room there at the start of the week to talk about suicide. And we gathered to think about how do we be supportive and caring for our colleague who's going to show up for work in a few days? And how do we move forward as a team in light of this crisis? And as you might imagine, this was a very sad room. As you might imagine, it was a very solemn occasion. And as you might imagine, it was also a beautiful picture of compassionate people trying to deal with a very tragic situation. As you may know, on Tuesday of this past week, Ginger and I drove to South Carolina. We were going to gather with my mother and my siblings and my cousins to celebrate the life of my last uncle who died last Saturday night, who had lived a full and wonderful life, died at the age of 91 years old. We had a wonderful time together with our family in Charleston, a rich celebration of worship at First Presbyterian, First Scots Presbyterian Church in Charleston, where my uncle was a devoted member for every single one of his 91 years. As you know, funeral gatherings like this provide uh, memorable occasions to celebrate faith and life. And they also provide wonderful opportunities for families to get together and deepen the ties that bind. We enjoyed it so much, that opportunity. Also, as this past week continued to unfold, all of us, you, I, we were bombarded, bombarded with the chaos of our nation. In the chaos of the world, we keep hearing about the government shutdown. It's now into, well into its third week. We keep hearing about the chatter for a new border wall and how much it costs and who's going to pay for it. And we keep watching and hearing about so many other crises and challenges, including refugees, our situation in Syria or Yemen, and all of these other questions that remind us that this is a crazy and confusing time for the whole world. All of these circumstances that I'm naming, and you can name what happened to you this week, maybe. 
all of these circumstances can quickly shrink the focus of our lives. All of these challenges can kind of curtail the perspective with which we see ourselves and see God and see the world. It's easy to get discouraged and dismayed. It's easy to lose a sense of hope. It's easy to lose the sense of buoyancy that we want in life. As Christians, as faithful people, our constant calling is to live life aware always of God's presence. Our constant calling is to live life in the fullness of God's promises that cover us. Our constant calling is to live with a hope. A hope that God will make His face to shine upon us and bless us, as the benediction says. We've been claimed in the waters of baptism, all of us, Ginger reminds us. We've been covered with God's love, and it's meant to be forever. Whether we live, whether we die, we belong to God. That's the promise. So these truths intend to shape our lives and uphold us and give us courage and confidence for every day. But when the crises emerge in our lives or when the circumstances get kind of challenging, whether it's personal or whether it's national or worldly, it can feel like kind of an, an eclipse, an eclipse of our life lived before God. Do you, do you get what I'm talking about here, thinking about here? An eclipse, you recall, is when the light from one celestial object is blocked by another. And when we have an eclipse of our life lived before God, the wonderful truths that are meant to sustain us of God's love and God's presence, the wonderful promises that intend to give us buoyancy and hope, the sustaining grace of God's abiding care, that can get blocked out, an eclipse. And we're left with just the crisis or just the confusion or just the chaos. We have a passage today that wants to help us with what might be the eclipse of our life before God. We have a passage, Scripture, Psalm 104, that absolutely wants to reframe everything about how we think and how we function. It's a long psalm. If you have a Bible in front of you, I invite you to pull it out and turn to page 483. I'm going to read this psalm in various parts as we think about it today. But listen to Psalm 104. Found on page 483 in the Pew Bible. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, fire and flame your ministers. 
You set the earth on its foundations so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they flee. At the sound of your thunder they take to flight. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys, to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth you make springs gush forth in the valleys they flow between the hills giving drink to every wild animal the wild asses quench their thirst by the streams the birds of the air have their habitation they sing among the branches from your lofty abode you water the mountains the earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work you cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart, oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. We're so inclined to get focused on the circumstances that surround us, the challenges, the crises, And the psalmist is singing a different tune, a much broader, a much more helpful, a much more faithful tune. Bless the Lord, O my soul. God is real. God is present. God is very great. The psalmist reminds us that God stretches out the heavens, the earth, the waters, and nothing is beyond God's care or God's power. Nothing. The psalmist affirms that God reigns over all, setting the mountains and the valleys, allowing the birds to feed, the cattle to grow, even wine to gladden the hearts and bread to strengthen our life. All of this is right there. Wow, a wonderful reminder. And and the psalm continues with verse 16. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests. The stork has its home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the conies. You have made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows it's time for setting. You make darkness and it's night. And when all the animals of the forest come creeping out, the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. People go out to their work and their labor until and, and to their labor until the evening. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works in wisdom. You have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here's a psalm full of praise. Here's a psalm that reminds us that life is about praising God. Praise is the way of God's people. We sing praise to God. This is an important affirmation as we deal with whatever comes our way the psalm reminds us we keep focused on god especially when life gets challenging because we know whether we live or whether we die we belong to god we keep wanting to see and we keep wanting to celebrate god's goodness and god's presence and god's mercy in the mountains in the streams in the rhythms of nature, in the cycles of life. O Lord, how manifold are all your works. We keep affirming God's abiding care because God loves us and God will never let us go. This is rooted in this psalm. 
This is what theologian and scholar Walter Brueggemann says. And listen to this. In a frightened and lonely culture of alienation like ours, we need to hear afresh the power and the promises of God found in these words. These words insist that the God that the church worships is an awesome sovereign to whom willing yielding is appropriate. Again, the church worships an awesome sovereign to whom willing yielding is appropriate. That's a powerful point for me and for all of us in these days. We want to be reminded to yield our lives to God's awesome care, especially when we might feel that God's presence and God's promises have been eclipsed. Indeed, the psalm reminds us of God's immense power, God's purposes, God's amazing arrangement of all things beautiful, and God's insistence that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, in all things, in all things, we are in God's care. God is the awesome sovereign to whom willing yielding is appropriate. Can we willingly yield our lives to this awesome God in these days. Can you? Can I? Can we? Together. This is what faithful people seek to do and encourage each other to do. We sing praise to God who reigns above regardless of what's happening around us because God is trustworthy, because God is God and we're God's people. No matter how we might feel life pinching in on us or the discouragement that surrounds us, we are God's people, and God is our God, and this never changes. Here's more from Psalm 104. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things, both great and small. And there go the ships and Leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them food in due season. And when you give to them, they gather it up. And when you open your hand, they're filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles. Who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live, says the psalmist. I will sing praise to my God while I still have being. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. This is what God's people do, no matter if it's snowing outside or if our hearts are breaking or if the world is chaotic, no matter what has happened, this is what God's people do. We have an awesome God to whom willing yielding is appropriate. The psalmist reminds us that any sense of an eclipse 
from the presence and the purposes and the power of God is any sense that God has been removed from us as, or God is being blocked out, well, that's really our issue. And we need to keep opening our heart and finding God's presence. We seek to sing to the Lord as long as we live. We seek to praise God always because God is real and God is present and God is always at work. God is deserving of our praise. You may be familiar with the name Victor Havel. Victor Havel was a writer and a playwright in Czechoslovakia who became a leading dissident against the communist oppression in that country, mostly in the late 70s and early 1980s. And because of his leadership in the democratic causes in Czechoslovakia, he spent multiple stints in prison, once for as long as four years, But Havel's persistence paid off. Havel played a major role in what's called the Velvet Revolution, the toppling of communism in that country. And he also became the last president of Czechoslovakia and the first president of the Czech Republic. In an interview deep in the struggle and prior to his becoming president, this is what Havel said. I think that the deepest and most important form of hope, the only one that can keep us above water and urge us to do good works, and the only one true source of the breathtaking dimension of the human spirit and its efforts is something we get, as it were, from elsewhere. From elsewhere. For years, Havel and his fellow dissidents had been circulating petitions. For years, they had been drafting manifestos and writing protest plays and smuggling news to the outside world, and they had very little to show for it except for their stints in prison. What kept them struggling? What kept them on task? Not a belief that their cause would prevail, but a belief that their cause was right. Here's what Havel says. Hope is definitely not the same thing as optimism. Hope is not prognostication. Hope is an orientation of the spirit. Hope is an orientation of the heart. It transcends the world that is immediately experienced and is anchored somewhere beyond the horizons. End quote. Havel was saying that our hope comes from elsewhere and it intends to shape the living of our days. In fact, empowering us to do God's good work in the world. It's an orientation of the heart. It's an orientation of the spirit that moves us to life with God and and life for God. And it's what Psalm 104 is about. Psalm 104 is all about this. So as we move through the myriad circumstances of life. As we deal with the joys and the celebrations, as we deal with the discouragement and the dismay, however it comes, the scriptures are always seeking to encourage us and remind us and reframe the truth for us. The Apostle Paul says, think on these things. Think on these things. Keep on doing the things that you have received from me and the God of peace will be with you. And Psalm 104 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
May the glory of the Lord endure forever. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. These are good words for all of us in these days. These are important words as we move into 2019. May our lives be centered in praise. May our lives be centered in God as we willingly yield our lives to an awesome sovereign whose steadfast faithfulness, abiding care, and love is for us today, tomorrow, the next day, and forever. May it be so we yield our lives to this awesome sovereign. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O Lord, help our unbelief and move us to sincere praise and deeper love and increased commitments following Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.